Welcome back to the Off the Tips podcast. Back, back again. But uh, someone who was who was not back last week because the boys had a hiatus and and left me left me high and dry with no with no co-host with AC away just cutting shapes at uh, festivals in Europe. Uh, TZ is back back in the house. He laid low last week because I think he didn't want. He didn't want to complete the muffins challenge, but mate, thanks for thanks for joining at our late notice. How are you going? You know, good. Thank you, Callum. Yeah, I um, got a bit of a hot response regarding the muffin challenge. Um, I I definitely will get around to doing it, but um, I don't. I'm, I'm watching the rig at the moment, so just making sure I'm counting my calories, and that would that would blow them out out of the water. Those eight, or no, six muffins. But now. Nah. Yeah, but- yeah, some people just thought that like it would be too it'd be too dry to do, but that's yeah. why I was thinking the blueberry option. You got a bit of moisture there. Yeah, I'm just thinking they you're gonna have to do it fresh. They're gonna have to be fresh, fresh out the baker's oven. So you might have to turn up at like seven o'clock in the morning to pack and save when the boys have got the the aprons on and the and the, and the ovens. Yeah, um, it would be even bigger kudos to me if I if I could get the job done with if they had the stick the reduced to clear sticker on them. <laughs> the reduced to clear sticker, yeah, and that'd be way better for the wallet because we've already had uh, someone someone phone in asking to if they can sponsor the muffins. So look, look, it doesn't look like it's going to have to come out of your own back pocket. But hey, we we will get it done, listeners. Just uh, just bear with us. But mate, you you're coming in from the University of Canterbury Library, which is outstanding. Uh, what floor are you on? It's a place I've I've spent many a hour. Um, currently sitting in a ground floor booth. Actually, um, I'm being a bit of a bit of a grub actually, and haven't booked out this booth so someone could waltz on in any time, and um, and I'll just ask them how they're going. Yeah, okay. Well, that'd be great content, and we'll definitely leave that in if if that happens. But mate, how's the pro shop been treating you? And have you got out for any rounds? Nah, I'm been still mounting up some hours in the shop, but have been um, it's been, have only been playing sort of three or four holes after work each day. And it's it's one of those ones. It's funny how you don't get it's funny how you don't get any better when you're only playing three or four holes. <laughs> yeah, what's what what are you picking up in your game? Up. Uh, in those three holes is it just the same sort of thing how's that new 60 degree in the bag going oh mate that 60 degrees doing wonders for my game um even just looking at it gives me a little bit more confidence now nah, i have um now nah, i think the idea behind me just playing three or four holes is just when i do when uni holidays do roll around i'm not my first round back won't be won't be in the 80s i'd, I'd, I'd like to think so it's just about keeping those reps up and that sort of stuff but uh, um what I am noticing, Cal, is that you're wearing a nice Waimari golf um, jersey. Uh, yeah, Waimari Beach. Yes, good. Is that um, a home club of yours, or did you just like the um, like the fit of the jersey? Well, no, actually, one of your flatmate Mitchell and Matt, and his brother Matthew, we went down to play Waimari Beach one day, and. I showed up in a polo and it and it can get quite windy through there and it was just absolutely freezing. So I just I just fronted for this quarter zip in the in the pro shop and it it got me through eighteen holes. But uh, we 
we got absolutely demoed, Matt and I, by by Mitchell and, and Simon. Just they um, really put on a clinic. If you could go go back in time to that day, would you still make that purchase, Gil? Uh I probably have opted for maybe something a little bit thicker because it didn't actually it didn't keep me that warm. It's quite thin and stretchy. It's good to swing a golf club in, and I've probably got my money out of it though. To be fair, yeah. so well, no, it looks no nice and smart, mate. It's something I reckon you could get into fat eddies and that. You're, you'd be surprised what you can and can't get into fat eddies in. It's yeah, it's like you. It's like they want you to be dressed for a wedding going in there to just get your seen, get your R and M's pretty sticky. I've seen blokes blowing up in there because of they got their shit off and they wondered why they got kicked out. That's yeah. I can I can probably understand why they why they got marched from that establishment. Jeez, many a good people have. Well, mate, we'll, we'll cut the dribble there, and we'll just we'll just rip into some golf. Obviously, the last major of the year was played over at Walton Heath at the AIG Women's Open, where Lilia Vu secured her second career major and second major of the year. Not not many people can do that and she found herself getting to world number one in the process so congratulations to her and what an incredible kind of 12 months she's had and it's an incredible story that that Lilia Vu has I don't know if you're familiar but you know she escaped war-torn Vietnam to kind of seek a a better life with I believe it was her grandmother we've told the the story at length in a in the last time she won a major so if you want to hear the full story go back and listen to the the podcast post the chevron but yeah it's i didn't catch truckloads of the golf i caught bits and pieces uh i was rooting for charlie Hull, and i know ac was too and i i love what she's made of she's just built to win just she tried to do or she tried to win coming down the 18th at Pebble Beach when she was she was chasing, and quite a few golfers would find that they'd just, you know, take their medicine and take the, the pay packet of maybe second or third, but she was prepared to take it on when they were at Pebble Beach, and it just didn't happen for her yesterday. One over, which is a tough day on the tools, and Lily Vu shot five under on Sunday and just blew everyone out of the water. Oh, you mentioned off air, Cal, that... Uh, you sort of were unhappy, well, not unhappy, that was not the right word, that you wish they'd sort of played on a Lynx golf course. Uh, were you not quite happy with the track that, that was chosen for the event? Um, yeah, I, I like um, Walton Heath as a golf course. I just, the, to me, the, the Open men's or women's, is it's played at Lynx golf courses. And, yeah, it just didn't, seem right and although it was a good tournament and it was a little bit of a different aspect but yeah I I think they need to be playing on Lynx golf courses and they are next year they're at the old course which is going to be fantastic I'm really looking forward to that uh, get to see the old course play properly so yeah, um, yeah not, I, I think yeah, they should be not, on a Lynx but what do, you, what do you think? Yeah I guess all my um, favourite open memories have occurred at Lynx golf courses and so when you and when you think of the British Open, you, you think of tough, tough scoring conditions. You think of wind. You think of um, the ball running, running for miles, like driving irons and that sort of thing. And uh, the same uh, same applies for for women's golf. So yeah, I definitely agree that um, that Lynx golf is um, the, my preferred option. 
yeah, for sure. And the like, Bolton Heath's a great golf course. Um, it's a fantastic design. The dog legs, the bunkers are all. It's a really cool course. But I just don't think an open should should be there. Um, to be honest, and yeah, like I said before, although it was a a really decent event and the best player just ended up winning. It was it, it for a moment there. I know that the men's open was played on a Lynx course, but there was real shades of Brian Harmon sort of happening when when Ali Ali Ewing shot to the lead, got a good side of the draw, and was leading by five heading into the third round, and then proceeded to go plus three, plus three on the weekend to kind of get herself out of out of contention. But I, I thought, oh, geez, we're not going to get two of these kind of finishes and and within a month, just two back-to-back winners that just ran away with it. So it was good that they came back to the field a bit. Yeah, that's kind of all I took away from the, the Girls Open. Great event. Uh, and... Yeah, I can't wait for next year at the old course. I I really can't. It's it's high on my agenda, TZ. But should, we'll talk about. Should we go, Cal? Ah, uh, well, we could, we could. I'd be keen. We could line up in the singles uh singles line to try get on a couple of days later and just just really if, park up overnight. If we book our Airbnb now, um, they might cancel on us um, a couple of days out. Oh yeah, that's a. It's a sore point for, the, for a couple of fellas on the pod, but <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what, uh, did you see any of, of the live event this week? Oh, quite a little bit of it. Obviously, um, uh, my social media content uh, cops a lot of, more of the PGA Tour than it does of the live, but no, I, I did see that Cam Smith um, had a win at the Greenbrier and that he, he, he was coming off his, his career worst live finish the week before, and so... Um, something must have clicked in this game, and so yeah, good on him. He's a, he's a pretty good player, so and he, yeah, he's one of those guys that you actually want to see win on the on the live tour because like he's, he's very likable. Uh Greenbrier was the the week before when Bryson won TZ, but oh, it was our uh, live oh, Bedminster, Bedminster this week. But that's mate, that's all okay. right. You've been called in at short notice. It's not often they play back to back weeks, so it's okay. Uh yeah, mate. Um, he played in the final group with Phil, and Phil proceeded to absolutely eject himself from the golf tournament, shooting plus four on Sunday. And yeah, I, he's been in the news a little bit this week. Old Phil uh, allegedly lost one point five billion slides over over the course of his kind of career via, via gambling. Uh, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on that. That's quite a alarming figure. Yeah, some of those stats that came out um, are pretty, are pretty actually mind blowing. But one of the things is, I guess you've got to take into account um, his how much he's earning in that time, and everything's relative to sort of get to get that, um, I guess, adrenaline rush that um, you, you you supposedly get from gambling. Because I, you know, I'm not a punter myself, so. But are yeah, you not? I, are you- no, nah, I'm not a huge punter, but maybe just uh, Dylan Wittini's losing neck, um, um, same game multi, him scoring in a Warriors 13 plus is probably is probably the extent I go to. Well, that would have made you some money over the last few weeks, mate. 
Yeah, yeah, nah, um, too much to count. But now, nah, and back to Phil, uh, I and I guess all those figures, are probably like the extremes, like how true that is, is um, no, no one really knows. But I, um, the blokes probably just put the highest figures possible that you could possibly possibly get because obviously he wants to sell a story so I'd say it probably has to be taken with a slight grain of salt but now nah, it is interesting like especially the allegation of trying to bet on the Ryder Cup like it, um, and yes he's trying to bet for his own team so like he's not he's not he's not doing the unthinkable and betting against himself but still it's pretty uh, slightly shady mm, yeah there's yeah, there's a few stories about Phil that float around, especially in the gambling circles. But it's not like he's struggling, is he? So he he may he may or may not have needed that live money, but he he's got it now. And yeah, I don't I don't think he's struggling to put food on the table. But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of money. I heard he's picked up a couple of um, uni papers so he can try to get some study link coin coming through each week. <laughs> The uh, the adult the adult student allowance the the mature learner. Yeah, I hear he's I hear he's doing a colonisation paper and then a human services paper. Oh, I can give you the hot tip on the colonisation paper. Tough, tough paper, and that leads me to ask you, TZ: Have we colonised or decolonised as a society? Um. That's not for me to say, I don't think. Oh, um, give me 3,000 <laughs> words and I can tell you. Well, I won't, I won't be doing that now, mate, and we'll just we'll fly straight over to the PGA Tour where it got hot and sticky in Memphis. Lucas Glover goes back-to-back, and, geez, I don't know if you saw, saw his pants, but, geez, he looked like he was running some serious chafing. I don't know if he had some papanthin or some Vaseline or maybe even some coconut oil in there to kind of ease the ease the chafe because he he looked like he was he was hurting, but he was it was good enough for for him to win, holding off Patrick Cantlay in a playoff, which is hard to do. Cantlay seems to hit his straps at this time every year, and yeah, Lucas Glover. Well, what I want to ask you, TZ, is back-to-back wins. Is is he a Ryder Cup smoky? Uh, I'd say unlikely. If he was in the, if he was in the Europe side, um, you'd you'd he'd probably be like in definitely more in the conversation. But I think the US just have such so many um good talented players. So I'd say um he's probably sort of had his time in the sun. But um people sort of forget he's um, a 2009 US Open champion at Bethpage Black. So. And I think, and this I might be wrong here, but this was the sixth um, PGA Tour title, so he's, he's got quite the resume. Yeah, he does, and you're right. There's there's some facts you have got right this afternoon, but <laughs> I tell you what, he putted the lights out. He made a big putt on 13 for par, and then. He dunked one in the drink off the tee on 14 and proceeded to get up and down from the drop zone, made about a 25, 30-footer, and another good par putt on 17. Just part of the absolute lights out this week, and sometimes that's all you need to do to, to get the job done. But using a broomstick putter, and I'd be interested to know your stance on the on the broomstick putter. Yeah, honestly, it does not sit that well with me at all. Like that, people still use broomsticks. Um, there's actually one that um is being regripped currently, 
in the shop and so I've been using it I've been practicing a little bit with it and I just want it just seems there's so much going on when you're using a broomstick like obviously yeah obviously you must have a few demons when you're moving to that but it just yeah you're almost working different muscle groups Mm. yeah I know AC watched quite a bit of the golf uh this morning and he he's flicked me a message saying we need to get rid of the broomstick putters it's an absolute stain on the game and i don't i don't know if i agree like if they were so good wouldn't everyone be using them like yeah no exactly yeah i'm actually like i've kept this pretty quiet and i've kept it to myself i'd i'd actually be keen to have a crack and and see see how i roll it Mate, um, the normal size broomstick would go past your shoulder, mate. You're five five. Oh, I, I walked into that one. Yeah, I'd have to. I'd have to get one custom, custom made. Yeah, but no, I'm sure. I'm sure we can sort that out. Yeah, and it was a. It just looked so hot. Like, oh, I said it before, but did you see like Lucas Glover? How how bitty oh. he was just. Mate, just Mate, I. His, that's a great example of why grey is a poor clothing choice in the summer. Like, just you're not. We talk about it a lot. You're not wearing a grey t-shirt in the middle of summer to, to the library. You're not sitting on the seventh floor and just and on a nice thirty degree day and just and you're just giving it some. So, nah, definitely just black and black. You, you can't go wrong just with black cat. Yeah, and like everyone talks about wearing full black in the sun, but like the kit is so breathable nowadays. You, you're going to be fine, and it's not like it's not like you're not going to be hot. But yeah, geez, it just it looked to me like he could have started a fire by rubbing his ass cheeks together. There, that, I think there was something was going to take off. Oh yeah, you, yeah, mate, you've you've really painted a bit of an image there, mate. So um, I think I think I'll leave it there. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and just good weeks for for Rory, Tommy Fleetwood. Who I I thought this was going to be it for Tommy Fleetwood this week, but oh, just mate, I had a look, I had a look at his stats earlier, and he's in the mix every week, and he's yet to have a win. I, he said I had a look at this stat. I know for a fact is correct. He's had thirty five top tens in his PJ Tour career, twenty two top fives, and he sort of hasn't got that done. I how much like it can certainly cannot be much longer before um before he gets the job done yeah well do you think he can get it done or do you think he's just going to be the perennial oh, contender sure. Mate, he he's a strong show he um he lands balls on top of each on top of each other yeah another good week for rory and 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 max but Look, mate, I, I don't want to keep you too long because I know you're in the, the uni library and <laughs> and you've done me a favour by hopping on. So we'll just get straight into playoff holes, probably what people came for anyway. And do you have anything to tee off on this week? Um, yes, I've got something to tee off on. Um, last segment we talked about David and his food crimes. Um, this week, um, so this one's going directly at David here. Um, whilst I didn't see him, I didn't see the Mullenberg getting moist in his coffee. I what did happen was we were both having um, cooking our lunch at the same time, and we sort of we only had one um, fry pan that that operates on the stove, and he 
he was being impatient and he wanted to cook some chicken. And so he asked whether you, you could like cook, like he wanted obviously wanted to like fry chicken. And he asked me whether it'd be all good to get like a metal pot out and then just fry it in like a pasta pot. And, like, be, and that would be play on. Fuck, I don't know about that, eh? Yeah, like, <laughs> like probably logistically yeah. would work, but yeah, I think firstly it would roger the pot, and then secondly that like just just wait ten minutes, mate. Like, and yeah, just uh, he's getting close to being banned from the kitchen. Yeah, and actually on that note, I got sent some got sent some food crimes from from your flatmate Mitchell, but it also just reminds me that I have some spuds in the oven, so I better just run and check that they aren't burning the house down. <laughs> He's literally going in, into his oven to check his spuds. They're looking good. They're not far away. So, <laughs> um, But yeah, just on Dave's food crimes, um, just got got sent this message afterwards. Dave's a massive candidate for food crimes. Tomato sauce on everything. He doesn't eat his scrambled eggs with, on toast with a knife and fork. Just as mitts was was one that came through. Is that play on? Oh, mate, that is that's a daily occurrence of just. Um, no cutleries required for him. Like I'm not actually complaining because it saves it saves kept going in the dishwasher. But yeah, all right. Just just get get a knife and fork out. Yeah, and then just a lot of tomato sauce related crimes. So just put apparently he put uh, tomato sauce on pesto pasta and a ribeye steak. Yeah, um, he he's the condiment king. Yeah, and. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like there's only one condiment that's on his list. So, but look, um, hey, man, when if, you're he, talking if about he likes it, like him. Um, you're you're talking about ribeye steaks here. Um, I don't think Dave would know how to spell ribeye. But he he sticks in the runts and the chucks. <laughs> is he? Is he firmly in that category? Um, <laughs> that's that's pretty funny and and just while we're while we're on a little bit of a roast session on dave which hopefully he'll, he'll listen to the pod when he gets to the uni library or is doing doing some tools at the templeton shop uh he he informed me that he was four up four to play in penance on sunday and ended up uh halving which is a tough tough scene yeah, he uh, he was pretty dark come Sunday night. Um, but I informed him that when he walked into the kitchen, that um, I hope he's not having one of his chuck steaks tonight because he'd probably choke on that. <laughs> yeah, oh, what a tough day! But the boys got the job done. So hey, and he and he didn't get beaten. So look, yeah, nah, he's, he's, more the, yeah, he's more chipper that the boys got up. You know, I think he, um, he'd like to, he'd like to think he's a team player for sure, and. Before I do my my teeing off, I just I don't have an around the grounds today because I frankly just didn't do my research. So, but we do want to shout out Kazuma Cabrori, who twenty one years old from Canterbury. I believe he's a out of the ring era golf club, which is was talked about the other week on the pod. 
won the Western Amateur, getting him into the which gets him into the US Amateur at Terry, Cherry Hills and a Corn Ferry Tour event, and into the final round of qualifying for the US Open at Pinehurst, where Michael Campbell famously won. So congratulations to him and what an achievement! But my teeing off this week is it's it's golf related. I just I'm teeing off at people who turn up to the to golf tournaments dressed as if their name's on the T-sheet or their first alternate. Like, why? Why why are you in golf, like, full golf kit, head to toe? I saw a bloke on the coverage in Footjoy shoes this week. Like, come on, mate. You're not playing out of a bunker. Like, you're you're there watching. Just, you you can wear a T-shirt. Do you actually think um, at a PGA tournament you can wear a T-shirt? Like, I'd I'd say unlikely. So, mate, like, yes, um, the sh- I agree with that. Why the hell are you wearing golf shoes? Like, unless you've got um the top of the line foot joys that must you're walking on clouds by the by the by their price tag. Uh, I'd be wearing um regular jimmies. Yeah, I, you, you're probably right, but you could also just get away with a, a golf polo and and shorts. Like, I'm sure. And look, listeners, correct me if I'm wrong on this, and you, you might have to go to these. I know they're obviously pretty prestigious golf courses, and you might have to be full tucked and white socks sort of carry on. I haven't actually um, been we'll, to a PGA Tour event. We'll find, but, out when, we'll find out when we go to the Women's British Open next year. I, that, that can be our um, little recce. Yeah, well, that can, yeah, a little, little case study for the boys next year. And look, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, and... You don't have any non-negotiables for me this this week, do you, TZ? But in your brother's absence, you're gonna give me a, a quick hit in gem before we before we sign off. Yeah, quick hit in gem for the listeners. Um, Martinborough Golf Course. For those who don't know where Martinborough is, it's about an hour's drive, or maybe hour twenties drive out of Wellington North. It's in um, situated in the Wairarapa region. It's a it's a nice eighteen hole course um, that traverses through vineyards. And it's a it's a pretty short track, I dare say. Uh, the the first two holes, the scoring holes, starts par five, par five star, both about four hundred meters. So, uh, and it's it's just a really nice, solid, solid track, and um, it's sort of a, a great region, Marlborough. And it's really only like you can get there in a day trip, uh, from Wellington. So I I'd, I'd recommend um to make make use of that track, and it's just yeah, it's. It's very, very short and plays relatively easy, so you can you can have a feel good session out there. Oh, we we'd love to have those. Uh, what what would you rank it out of ten? I'd I'd give it an eight. Like I have a pulse that you can't if you're doing something out of ten, you can't go seven because that that doesn't tell that doesn't tell anyone anyone um anyone anything. But like it's just. Uh, like it's just a nice humble golf course. I'm not sure what what the green fee stings stings here, but I can't I can't imagine um, it takes off your arm or anything. So it's it's well worth yeah well worth the visit. And greens greens from I played there a couple of times, and greens have always been solid. So um, no complaints there. Well, mate, that's that's good comms. So for our listeners in the Wellington region, just get after it and go play Martinborough. I'm, I'm sure the locals would. Be privileged to to have a couple of OTT listeners on the back of TZ's recommendation. And before we go, I'll I'll give one 
one pro tip that I haven't given in a, I haven't given a pro tip in a few weeks. So Cal's pro tip this week is if you're putting poorly, just flip your marker upside down. Are you a cow? I'm strictly a cow's man. I've all, I think I don't think it would give me demons if I putted with a heads if I had my market as a head. Oh, I'm see. I I don't really use coins. I'm I'm more like ball market. Oh, I collect ball those, markers. Cal, you look like that bloke that uses a poker chip. No, 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 no. I don't have. I do have a poker chip in my bag from my home golf club because that was the only marker they had. But I'm nah. I'm strictly a. It'd be the size of a twenty cent coin, but uh, from from different golf courses. But I normally use my St Andrews Hamilton one normally. Oh, nice. Um, what's your favorite? Um, what's the favorite track you've? And you I'm hitting you this on the spot, Cal. Your favorite track you've played all time. Just to finish with the listeners. Uh, oh, look, I sound like a broken record on this podcast, but Para Para Am probably is my favourite to play. Although I played Bonnie Doon the other week and that's right up there too. Like, they'd be one and two, I'd say. I really enjoyed Bonnie Doon. Uh, is Para Para Am getting any kickbacks from the OTT podcast? Because we're, um, oh, we're, we're still singing their praises. Yeah, they and and we re-released the pod from from earlier in the year last week. The, yeah, hopefully they're getting a few people through the door because it's a great place, and hopefully some listeners are going down there. And yeah, geez, I can't I can't wait to be to be back. To be honest, how many times have you played there? I've played there just the once, and yeah, okay. I've obviously yeah, I'm, I'm not a Wellington native, so yeah, just the once and had a great time. I'm I'm sure, no doubt, I posted a number like that's a given. <laughs> Yeah, that's a given. <laughs> well, mate, I'll I'll let you get back to to your study, get out of that quiet room before someone someone comes in to to get after the books. But we appreciate everyone tuning in this week, and it was a, a little bit all over the show. But he answered the SOS about half an hour ago, so yes. don't hold it against him, and, and don't hold it against me either. So <laughs> yes. cheers for tuning in, guys. No. TZ, thanks for. No, nah, no worries, Kel. Um, I guess um, if you bring me in, you're not expecting structure. I'll, I'll just play eyes up. <laughs> Cheers, mate, and we'll catch you next week, guys. Why didn't you just go home? That's your home. Are you too-